What's better than a regular happy hour? How about an ultimate happy hour for moms? Martini Mamas podcast is a weekly hangout for modern mamas to discuss mamahood, work-life balance, blended families, and self-care. So whether you're looking for advice, community, or a new bestie, you are in the right place. Cheers. Hey guys, welcome back to Martini Mamas podcast. Today we have Mimi Falco coming on today and we're going to talk about like just body image and um, body dysmorphia and how it's truly a disorder. It really is. I remember reading in the headlines recently, a Riverdale star, um, Lily Reinhardt, admits how she really suffered from this disorder and how she, like, over the years struggled with body images. And since that article, a lot of other stars have come out to talk about this whole thing about... um just struggling to like see themselves truly in the mirror, which got me to thinking like how many moms out there who struggle with that same thing with kids, without kids. And um, I wanted to bring Mimi in because she has an amazing like transformation story that really affected not just her body, but her mindset, because this disorder is a mindset thing. It's you truly can't see yourself how you're supposed to see yourself. And no matter if people telling you you're great and you're beautiful and you're this, you're still struggling to see that image and how many other, how it's a layered effect, how many um, things that's in our day-to-day, our jobs influence that image of ourselves. So Let's bring her on in. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, what's up? What's up? I'm so glad to be here. Yes. I'm so happy to have you here. So uh, tell the people who you are, what you do, and your background. Yes. So I am Mariah Mimi Fulco. Uh, I will answer to Mariah or Mimi, whatever you guys want. So when y'all do message me, because I probably will get some messages, feel free. I am active duty Navy, and also I am a fitness trainer. Um part-time at nine round hence the shirt you know this is all I wear when I'm not at work I've been in the Navy I hit wow seven years in August it's been a long and strong seven years I can say it's never been always good but it's always never been bad either tell them how we met tell them how we met Um, yes so I just remember and this was like a tear it was oh my god six years ago and I came in and, you know, Rika at the time was chief of admin down there. So I had to come in. I had just checked in from California and I was doing my whole shebang. And unfortunately, I was one of the ones that came in during duty hours. So I had to be in my dress whites and I knew it. Everybody knew it, but I didn't fit into my dress whites. It was not come clean. And, you know, and I got a couple of looks and I ended up running to the bathroom because of just how embarrassed I was, you know. It was one of those things that, you know, you're you're 19 years old and you're still learning how to be an adult. And so I was a little like I felt taken aback because I check in and then my sponsor tells me, oh, we need you to be in your whites. I knew I hadn't fit into my whites, but had I maybe known a little bit longer, maybe I would have bought a bigger pair, you know. So I'm in the bathroom crying. I'm not squared away like a sailor should be. And here comes Rika and she's just like, it's going to be okay. Like, hey, like, you know, these are those things that happen and it'll be okay. You know, people are going to look at you. And I just remember feeling that type of comfort. And again, like 19 years old, I'm really not away. I haven't been away from home much, what, like a year. And you have this mama bear figure come in and tell you, like, 
you're gonna get your shit together and you're gonna learn how to be an adult. Period. Because you had no <laughs> other choice. And I think, you know, what she's saying, whites, um, you know, we have our uniform, we call it the whites because it's our white uniform. And, you know, it's like, it, you'll, you know the white uniform. And so um, I think at that moment, I've, I've been in her shoes so many times where I've had just had a baby. They only give us six weeks to get back into a uniform and then expect us to look like this, this, like we just didn't push a whole human out of us. And at the time it was like literally six weeks of maternity leave that they would give us. And so I remember, you know, sometimes feeling shame that I couldn't fit back into my uniform. And I think that begins to affect you mentally, you know, but I think we all deserve like a mama figure in our life to someone that's going to see the bigger picture and hold us up high in those situations. I know that, you know, like after that, there was a big shift in you. And I remember coming around and you were just, I can see that you had made it up in your mind that, okay, this, this can't happen again. Tell me about that. So I've always struggled with my weight, like always as a kid growing up, you know, a Hispanic household, it's just like, unfortunately, Black, Hispanics, like some types of Asian cultures, you just genetically like, you're going to genetically put on weight maybe faster than another person. And I've always struggled with my weight. And my mom was kind of sideways about it. So she was like, you know, I would rather my kid be able to enjoy her life and eat what she wanted. But then when I would wear certain things, she would make those side comments. Oh, you sure you want to walk out like that? You're beautiful anyways, though. And those things, like, they hurt, you know? I remember as a kid putting on, I'm nine years old, and I put on this cute orange bikini, and it has oranges all over. And the first thing I remember my aunt saying is, oh, look at her belly. Like, what? And so I've always been a thicker person. Um, I was fortunate enough growing up that, like, it was in my butt in my legs. You don't feel it as much as a teenager because, again, like, every girl at 16 wants a big butt. <laughs> so, but, you know, then I I joined the Navy and I had to lose the weight to get in. And yeah. I was right at the max. And actually, what got me in was I still, in the Navy, you have to be within your body fat or your weight or what's called age-adjusted standards. So you get a little bit of extra cushion for being a certain age. So I failed my weight. I failed my body fat. I got in on age adjusted only. So at 18 years old, that's another like wake up call. Like what the heck, how can you be 18 and so close to failing, you know, and me, I didn't really like have anything doctor diagnosed that said I, why I would struggle with my weight. Um, I go through boot camp and I gain six pounds in boot camp, which People never hear. And that's like, they always hear, oh, you're so skinny. Not me, you know, because let keeping it real, they don't regulate you as much as eating. Like, you can still choose the unhealthier options versus the healthy options. The only thing is you're controlled to eat only three times a day. So however much you eat in those three times a day is what you're going to get. But they still give you cookies and brownies and ice cream. And and that was a shocker for me because I was kind of going into boot camp hoping like I can get my life together and figure out how to eat nutritiously. And they're giving us fucking taco bowls, legit taco bowls with, with chips. And I was like, oh, so you're telling me that I don't need no self-control here either? Bet, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> They give you brown rice over white rice, but rice is rice, y'all. Like, rice is rice. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny, no matter the culture, we all kind of had that that experience. I was thin, like thin, thin, thin growing up. And so I remember going to my aunt who had raised me, right? And she hadn't seen me in like years. And the first thing that she says to me when she sees me is like, oh, you're fat. That stuck with me. And I remember saying to her, I was like, man, good thing that I have some self-confidence about myself because that would have crushed me. But I said that in in the inside, it really did crush me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's because when people say things, they don't even know what you're struggling with. They don't Mm -hmm. even know, like, you'll know that I'm over here cutting calories, running miles, doing all these things, trying to fit an image that, like, who told me, like, this was the perfect weight or this this is the perfect body image, you know? So it was terrible. Yeah, I think we all go through that. For sure. But honestly, Mm -hmm. like, my dad had came down to visit me and I wasn't happy with how he saw me um, going around and just having people make comments and not necessarily rude, but like kind of concerning. Um, honestly, there was another sailor. She would say things and it wasn't in a bad way, but when you're hurt, you know, you're hurt. Go get yourself a bigger uniform while her intentions were good. When you're down about yourself, that comment is going to make you cry. So always hearing those while it was good intention comments by anybody was like, I'm tired of this. What can I do to shut people up? And what I knew I had to do was I have to lose the weight. If I want people to shut up, at least about this, I got to do something about it. And Labor Day 2017, I stepped on the scale and I threw every junk food out. And here we are five years later. Killing it too. I think the biggest thing is, is that now like you're teaching other people um, to do that same thing, which when you're hurt and you're healed, no matter what place it's coming from, even if that person is coming from a good place, when you're not healed and when you're still hurt, nothing feels good. Right. You know what I mean? Like nothing feels good. No matter what anybody says, it doesn't feel good. When you take a stance and, you know, like flip the script in your mind, like everything changes. And like you saw it, like I saw the determination on your face. Through all of that, I don't ever think I said anything about your weight. I think I may have complimented, like, girl, you're killing it. Um, But it was just from a fitness thing because I just saw it was more than just eating, right? I saw you physically get strong and mentally get strong. And the mental part is what we, I think we all miss out on, especially like moms. Like we miss that part. Today, I was looking through my phone and you know how the memories pop you know, come pop up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, girl, you would, you had it together, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm coming back for her. Right. And then, you know what I said? No, I'm not. Because that person that was there and the things that I was going through, like I sat there and looked at that, that person. And I was like, where was she at mentally? Mm -hmm. You know, like physically I might've had it all together, but mentally, I was going through a lot of stuff. And I think that's how we, you know, we don't, we don't think about that. Yeah. I mean, because who has to? And I honestly, that's a conversation I had with my partner, Jules. Now him and I talk because my lowest, when him and I got together, I was 110 pounds. So imagine that I went from 185 to 110 in three years time by COVID. Everybody was gaining weight by COVID. I was losing more weight by COVID. 
And no doctors were able to call me out because they weren't seeing you unless you were sick. So mind you, I was struggling with this eating disorder and these body dysmorphic, body dysmorphic things that obviously, you know, but you don't want to accept, like nobody's told, called you out on it, you know? And at that point I had a three-year relationship and in 2019 I ended it. So I was good or I thought, I thought I was healed. I was by myself. I wasn't really healed. I was just by myself and nobody was there to have to call me out on what I was doing, what was unhealthy. And so Jules and I had this conversation and he was like, you know what, babe? Like, you know, I put on 15 pounds, 15 pounds happy weight is what we call it. I'm still strong. You know, I still feel pretty, but it's 15 pounds of, I don't feel guilty if I eat things. It's 15 pounds of, I'm here. I gained a daughter when I got with Jules and I get to show her who I can be and who you and who you are, you know, and that's something that really helped me heal from these these disorders was I looked at myself in the mirror or I looked at what I was doing. And I said, I would not want her to go through this and I would not want her to talk to me about this. So I got to get myself right because she bought it before, which means she's going to understand way more than anybody lets on. And just so that people understand some of the symptoms of this is, is that, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, constantly comparing your appearance with that of others. Um, based on those appearances, you may avoid situations, relationships, photos, even social settings. What it ends up manifesting in is in um, anxiety. Um, you have unwanted thoughts. There are compulsive behaviors that could be at extreme as in not eating or you're following a lot of fat diets that hurry up and get there quickly. And then ultimately it leads to depression. Mm-hmm. And so we all understand where depression goes, right? Now you're depressed. You don't have an appetite, which you're thinking, oh, I don't have an appetite because I'm following this da- da- diet or I'm taking an appetite suppressant and it's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And those types of things. And you're right. We are mirror a mirrored reflection for our And so, you know, even with my daughter now, like, she's like, mom, I'm a hundred and something pounds. I'm like, great. I'm not telling her she's big. I'm not telling her she's too small. I'm telling her, great, honey, you look, you look amazing. Right. Because I think that needs to be said and not nitpicked. Mm-hmm. I just know what it feels like, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that was, you know, growing up, it's just crazy. The whole Victoria's Secret like era back in the day, they were all as big as my thigh. And so I remember my mom being like, no, you can't wear this. These are for the the skinny white girls, you know? And then growing up, I see curvy white women and I see black curvy women or I see skinny black women. And I'm like, mom, like, where are you getting this? It's a specific ethnicity, it's a specific race or a specific body type. Now I have to say like they're doing better with promoting regular people like uh, Victoria's Secret. Now I just bought some boxers from them and it's one gender neutral. So like and also the girls have stretch marks on their bodies. They have bellies. And it's amazing to see that that progression and show that who you are is not defined by your body or your weight. It's defined as your heart and your mind. And we need to make sure that us as moms are putting that in to everybody's like mental state and knowing like, girl, darling, little girl there, you, it's your heart and it's your mind. 
And then also letting the older generation know, like, look, like, we understand that this is what y'all were taught, but we need to break that cycle and y'all need to stop. And I think, you know what, that that's one of the things that has to happen. Like, I think there's this generation that we've become aware and we're like, look, what worked then don't work now. It don't feel good. And not that I ever get an apology, but it's just like, you wouldn't want to be talked to that way. I just really struggle with that because what it does is it kills relationships in the family because you don't want to be around that. And so now you're not participating in events because it's like, I don't want to go there to hear their mouth say all of this about me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a huge thing. And I will say like, just you know, in general, there's a lot of attributes that probably like contributed to my body dysmorphia, to my eating disorder, to my anxiety, depression, you know, like one, as a kid, I always say this as a kid, like your parents are responsible for you, you know, so while I was either struggling with my weight, or whether it was like my mom talking down to me, I never had the proper baseline of how to eat healthy or how to what to do properly. You know, my mom went through the same thing, like, of extremes. So after I remember just my mom would randomly go to curves and she would be on a curves kick for days and months and weeks. Brought it back. I just have forgot about curves. <laughs> For y'all don't, don't know, curves was Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. Like before there was Weight Watchers, there was curves. Real talk. And, and then like she would be skinny enough to think like my daddy was going to stick around. But, you know, that that was something my mom didn't love herself. So it didn't work out. And so I never had a proper baseline of how to have self-love. And while I'm still struggling to get up sometimes and like love myself, I've learned that there's no better love than self-love than the love that God gave me. You know, like I tell people, man, I'm, I'm a Jeebus lover. I love my Jesus. And he made me who I am. Frizzy hair, funny hair, you know, curvy, stretch marks, attitude and all. And if I can't love myself, then yeah. I can't love others. I can't love my kid. I can't I can't yeah. be who I am because you're pouring from an empty cup. And my yes. love cup, I'm trying to fill because in order for me to fill up everybody else's cup, I have to be full. You know, you, you know, you speak into my heart right there. Boy, I am such an advocate for that. Number one, how can you continuously pour into somebody else's cup and not pour into yourself? And then once you do start pouring into yourself, it overflows to your family. It overflows to, you know, the most important things to you. And we shouldn't feel guilty for feeling that way. Like we shouldn't feel guilty for pouring in our cup. And I think sometimes that happens where, you know, we feel like we're doing so much for us and they're like, well, you ain't done nothing for me. It's like, okay, well, this is not about you. This is about me right now. And we shouldn't feel guilty about that at all. Also goes back to generations, you know, like so many people, the working wife was not were as much as busy as the working wife is now. Or, you know, I tell, I'll be telling Jules because he'd be like, babe, can we go to, I was like, after my workout. I'm so glad I have a, a supportive partner, but I know people who are like, what you mean after your workout? And I tell people like my members, because I go work out with my members when I'm not training them. And I said, listen, if I don't get my workout in, I can't be a good girlfriend to him. I can't be a good mama because I'm not taking care of myself. It's just like people with their coffee. If they don't have their morning coffee, they're not happy. I'm getting back into like my 5 a.m. workouts, which has been, it's been good. I, I can't even lie. And 
you know, I've always liked to work out. So that has never been a problem for me working out. But I think it is, it's about finding that thing that works for you and maybe mm-hmm. working out for you works. But it is about also having supportive people around you. And that's another thing that we're caught in. We're caught in this thing of like, we're not looking right and we're holding on and not setting healthy boundaries in our relationships. Like we're holding on to some relationships that we should have let go a long, long time ago, but we too mm-hmm. afraid that we ain't going to be able to pull the next person that can love us authentically. Right. You know what I mean? Love every piece of, you know, all the quirks, all the kinks, everything about us um, because we don't even see ourselves um, with love. We don't even see ourselves the way we should. Like really be looking in the mirror like, oh, I'm bomb. But we mm. don't we don't see that. And I, I think it is. It is generational. Like you said, and I, I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right. It is a generational thing. And it's unfortunate because like so many of us, uh, like we grew up with this and it's one of those like we hear it all the time. That's just how we were, how we were raised. And it's like, yes, and that's OK. But I am not going to sit around like I saw my parents. I saw my dad with one failed marriage. I saw my mom with two, you know, and part of it from my mom's side was she did not love herself enough. So she was letting these men, my father included, just run her, you know. And so then when she they leave or they don't work out, she has nothing. So I made sure that with this, like this stuff that I struggle with and it's an everyday struggle, but I, you know, I get up and I go to therapy and I work out and I, and I have to constantly, and some people don't, I have to constantly tell myself and be like, look, Mimi, I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, you see that fat girl, but just know like that's lying. You don't like, that's not you. Like you're good. You're the bomb, you know, go take a look at your photos. And that's what I have to do. I can't look at myself in the mirror. Girl, I got to do it too. And the worst is, is like when you see a video of you and you be like, oh my God, like I had gotten in a habit of like, every time my husband gave me a compliment, I'm like, yeah, but you know, I got to work on this or yeah, I got to work on that. And yet, because like, that was what I was telling myself. And he's like, no, baby, you fine. Like you, you good. And you, oh baby, I just love every part of you. And part of you don't say this, but you struggle to hear that. As a wife, you struggle when you're in a relationship to struggle to hear that because you're like, yeah, but I don't feel like I look that way. And then what ends up happening, I'm listening to T.D. Jakes. He was like, hey, can y'all stop telling a man, you know, when they pay you a compliment, how you feel and don't feel and blah, blah, blah. Because at the end of the day, when he started agreeing with you, what you going to say? And I was like, yeah, you'd be crushed. And so I'm being very mindful at with the words and the language that I use on myself. And I'm constantly now speaking life into, into me. I'm not stepping on the scale. I'm like, look, long as I look good in my clothes, I had went and took some little brand photos. I said, you come through in this leather skirt. You know, you got to. You gotta pump your flirt with yourself in the mirror a little bit, but um, I'm I'm just so happy that you recognize what it is and you're there. I'm extremely proud of you because I know it takes a it's a lot, especially when you're dealing with something that's layered and then it begins to affect your mental health. So to see you kind of overcome this and daily is overcoming this is helping people um do the same thing. 
um, recognize the power that they have within. Hand clap. So proud of you. Just love the woman you, you've you like grown to be. And I appreciate that because honestly, Joe, because that's how I get through like my trauma. But I did not get hugged enough as a kid, as you can see. And so sometimes just, hey, you did it. That means world. I didn't become a trainer to become like some boss person and like run people's life. I became something to be someone that I didn't have. And that's a role model. And that's a helpful hand. And that's the person who's like, you're doing a good job. You, I see you in the studio three times a week. So-and-so do it. Do the dang thing. I didn't get that when I was working out. You know, I got it from y'all seeing you around, but I had a partner at home back in the day when I first started this and I didn't get no like good job, baby. I, I had to good job myself. My trainers were the ones who good jobbed me. Well, I just wanted to say thank you for stopping in, just letting us get a glimpse in, in the life of you and, you know, really just letting other women know, like, yeah, you may struggle with this, um, but that's not who you are. And make sure that you seek things beyond yourself, meaning don't just tell yourself that story. Go get therapy. Go get seen. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And just because you didn't grow up getting those things doesn't mean that you can't be that thing for other people. So always remember when life gives you lemons, baby, make yourself a lemon martini. Thank you so much, Rika. It was so good having you. Well, that is the end of today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. If we're not connected on Instagram, which is my favorite place to hang out, be sure to stop by and say hi at Martini Mama's podcast. Also, if you haven't done so, please follow, rate, and review us. Higher ratings and higher reviews mean more dope moms can find us. And I keep bringing you fresh mom content that matters. Until next Thursday. Be blessed.